0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Grad Life Podcast. This week with me I've got a guy that I've met travelling down in South America. His name is Kieran Gleeson. He is a primary school teacher in a town called Douglas, in a county called Cork, on an island called Ireland. And he's a very cool guy, 25 years old, 26 years old, um, very kind of passionate guy, really passionate about what he does and about education. Um, very smart, switched on and also just having a great time with his life so I thought he'd definitely be worth interviewing and hear all about his experience what kind of gets him going because if you meet him you'll see that he is a very energetic guy and very fulfilled and hear about teaching then as well because I know that a lot of business people and, and business graduates out there after a few years in the business world often find that they want to be in the real world in a more maybe impactful job um, dealing, they, they might want to deal with, with younger people and, and play a role in the educational process for me I know that there's definitely appeal there uh, within the educational world to go into it at some point because I really don't think that there's any role that allows you to have more impact um, which is becoming a more a bigger driver for um, young talent out there just to have an impact on the world around them and I think teaching offers a better opportunity to do that than almost anything else so Let's hear ourselves from one very sort of talented person and hear about his experience in the teaching world, what it's like, the ups, the downs, the money as well, he's very honest about. Um, so it should give you a good understanding, if you are thinking about this as an option, uh, of what you might be getting into. And even if you're not, it gives you an idea of what might lay down the road for you. Good day, team. Um, we're here for episode 13 of the Grad Life podcast with Kieran slash Harry Gleason because he's got two names and he doesn't know which one he wants to be called. So we're going to go with Kieran, I think. Kieran, it is. Kieran, good to have you on. Thanks, man. Thanks. We're sitting on the rooftop of a hostel in Valparaiso, in Chile. And we met about two weeks ago traveling in south, southern Chile or southern Argentina. And uh, he's managed to pull up with me for two weeks now. <laughs> So, the man is a saint, um, and apart from being a saint, he is also a primary school teacher in Douglas in Cork. Is that where the school is as well? Yeah, It's in Ballinora actually, which is uh,
1: just beyond Ballincollig, so maybe 15-20 minutes from Douglas. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: Being in Australia for the last four years, I'm not used yeah, to the but, Irish yeah. names, it's so funny. <laughs> Bally, everything. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that and, and maybe your journey to that as well. Okay. Um, sure. When did you decide you wanted to be a... Uh, uh, a primary school teacher? Um, I don't actually remember ever having one of those eureka moments
1: that I envy other people for seeming to have. Um, It was more a case of, it's something I feel quite strongly about when you, as you know yourself, do the Leaving Cert age 17, 18. Some people these days are even doing it at 16. And and when you're kind of faced with making a decision for the rest of your life at that age, I think it can be a bit unrealistic. So I remember being daunted by that because... I didn't know. I just, quite frankly, didn't know. Like, how, how can you have enough experience, age 17 or 18, to know what it is? But, you know, it's part of life. You have to make a decision, and there's nothing wrong with changing. So, in my final year of uh, secondary school, I wanted to be a radiographer, um, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I let uh, the principal of my school talk me into it. Um, <clears throat> she seemed to talk everybody into it. Uh, to go over to England, I think, to... Portsmouth or somewhere to, to do it. And the reasons I wanted to do it is purely it was purely money based. Because uh, you know, when she was selling it as a as a viable career option to us, she really plugged the salary. Like, okay, you start, you'll be earning seventy thousand, and then you specialize, you'll be earning even more. And at the time, as an eighteen-year-old who didn't have any money, this was yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, it was it was definitely a, a tasty a tasty option, but. Uh, I was so glad at that time that I was past the teenage years and willing to listen to my parents because um, I had it down in my CAO for the whole year and the day before I had to confirm my CAO once and for all my mom said to me, you know, why, why radiography? You know, you always expressed an interest in teaching I just want to know why you changed and after literally a half an hour chat I kind of I realized she was right, um, in radiography, I could have maybe really enjoyed it, who knows, but I, with teaching, I was able to bring so many strengths from my own personal life to it, Yeah. Um, a lot of music, a lot of drama, a lot of sport, they played huge roles, basically the main roles in my life growing up um, as a child and as a teenager, so teaching provided me with that outlet, and I won't lie, I looked at the holidays. I looked at the holidays kind of There's nothing wrong with rose tin it. Uh, rose tinted glasses. I thought, you know, that could be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um so I just said I'd go for it but I was never sure. Um which kind of has led me to speaking to you in this podcast because if I was sure I'd probably still be at home teaching. Yeah. Um whereas I needed a break, so travelling was just a chance for me to clear
0: my head a bit and that's where I met you. Yeah. Well, there's three things there that I want to touch on. Um, but for, for, for the sake of momentum, we'll, we'll just keep going with that. So you've been teaching now for four years, kind of like full-time, non-stop, um, which is interesting also because you started quite young. So you started at, what, 21 or was it 22? Well, I graduated uh, at
1: the age of 21. So okay. I, would have start- I, I turned 22 in my
0: first year of teaching. What surprises me about this is that um, business grads, Right. go and, and graduate. I graduated at 22 and then I was an analyst in a bank and I'm just kind of sat at the very, very bottom of the pecking order and you know all my work is filtered and that sort of thing. And mm. if, I, if I screw anything up, as inevitably I, I and any other grad out there would, mm. it, it's caught and there's no real effect of it because it's caught before it's let out. You were a 21 slash 22 year old. Already given responsibility for the education of what thirty humans at a time every day. That's yeah. a lot of responsibility to take on straight out of college. No, you don't have to tell me. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember
1: my first year. I didn't have a, a steady job from September to Christmas. I was just subbing, and um, is, is that, that the done thing? you It is. At the it's start? the done thing because it's it's it's. Ireland is a very difficult place to get a job as a primary school teacher. You just have to do your slog for a couple of years. I was quite lucky; I got made permanent after three years, which was which is pretty fast tracked in comparison to a lot of my colleagues right. um, and a lot of like my buddies that would have been in college with me. But um, I remember starting. I got my break. Uh, <laughs> got a phone call while I was away uh, one New Year's uh, New Year's, just saying you know I've two weeks subbing for you, and uh, I've been in school since. Um, that was three and a half years ago, right. um, but I remember going in on my first day, and the subbing for the for that for that basically four or five month stint wasn't in a classroom, it was uh, one-on-one, it was as a learning support teacher, and I'll tell you, that was even scarier, because with a class, I mean, college, the, the, the degree I had, you know, has many faults, I, I, won't, I won't go off on it, but, it it does aim to teach you how to teach a class, like an ideal class, and um, there isn't a lot done to sort of prepare you for working one on one with the kids with learning difficulties, maybe behavioural difficulties. Yeah. So oh god, I remember sitting there on my first day being handed all the folders of the teacher who was sick, that I was taking taking over for, and being told on my first day, I'll never forget it, that the following day I had a meeting with parents of one of the children, that I was had hadn't yet met. Yeah. Um, it was a meeting that the teacher the teacher who was ill was supposed to have so they didn't cancel it they were just like oh yeah you can have the meeting with them and you can talk about what's going forward and I literally had no idea you what didn't was even doing. know what the
0: kid looked like I
1: didn't know what the kid looked like I didn't know what their specific needs were I'd only seen it on paper which is rubbish really when you think about it yeah. you, know, you have to meet the kid and you have to build up a rapport because it can take a while to really discover the the challenges that that child faces especially when they don't know you they'll be kind of closed off but you know I think at the same time at the time I was like oh my god this is awful this is like what an in- induction of fire like I-, I can't do this, can't do this but you know the more people I talk to across different, um, across different professions like I think a lot of people a lot of people come out of college go into their job and always feel like they're thrown in the deep end maybe it's just the process yeah. you know because it's a totally different uh, life you're suddenly there and you're suddenly responsible for something and maybe it stood to me maybe yeah. it stood to me gave me the type of experience I needed I know one of the most challenging things um, about being a teacher that they don't really prepare you for in college and I know I would tell anybody thinking of doing teaching is about your how you deal with parents uh, how you communicate with parents um, you have to be ready for parents coming in who've had an awful morning uh, you have to remember that while you might have 30 kids in the class the parents only have one kid in the class so every parent would be demanding yes. something and maybe that was good. Maybe that was a good start for me to learn how to sort of come across like that. I, I know for a fact that I made A bags of that first meeting. Really? Like, oh, absolutely. Like, it's at the time, I was oh, I was mortified. I remember going home and rang a buddy of mine who was just out in, in, in her first year as well and saying, how, how, what was I supposed to do here? And she was like, I don't know. That was like, parents were asking me questions about... Um, certain difficulties that I hadn't I hadn't read up on because I I hadn't been given the chance to sort of maybe do my own research. So I was just eyeballing it like yeah. you'd never believe. But you know what? We got through it and it was fine, it stood to me. And then the following year I went into a class and then spent three years. And in the you classroom. went okay.
0: Um, and what, what I found really nice earlier was that you made a video up here on the roof actually for the kids and sent it back to say this would be in South America. Yeah. And that's, that's a very cool part of the job yeah, which we'll probably yeah, get into sure later on. and um, To keep with the pressure, so that's one type of pressure dealing with par- parents. Mm. Another type of pressure I would associate or imagine um, is true as an educator. Uh, I'll use the leaving sir teacher as an example, so right. the, the high school exams for those Australians listening. Um, you're responsible for getting, say if you're the maths teacher, helping a student to get the aid that they need to get the course that they need in, right, in high school. That's a very kind of... Um, Time enclosed, so you've got up until June when Mm -hmm. the exams are, time enclosed, intense period of pressure to perform, Mm -hmm. and a lot of responsibility over the education and the future of that student. In the primary school level, how does that pressure manifest itself? So, to to use a business analogy, you're further down the supply chain, further back the supply chain of this student that will be, I guess, the finished product leaving, Mm -hmm. leaving school, but how does that pressure manifest itself in the in the day to day of a primary school teacher? Um,
1: it's which an interesting question.
0: Makes sense? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question
1: because it touches on and on and some other opinions I have on standardized testing, um, which would be kind of in primary school. You know, you don't you don't have a junior cert, or you don't have a leaving cert. Mm. So what you have instead is you have standardized testing. Um, it differs between schools. By law, every school has to do standardized testing in. Second class, fourth class, and sixth class, if I remember rightly, but in the school I've been working in, and we did it at the end of every year. But uh, it's the ones from second, fourth, and sixth I sent to the department for like kind of nationwide analysis. Right. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I can only speak from experience from working in my particular school, you know, and it was a great school, um, but I know for a fact that uh, primary school for me as a teacher, as an educator I strive for it to be inclusive of so many different branches of life. I think that you cannot expect a child to go to primary school and have a purely academic experience. It's For sure. it's it's unrealistic because
0: might even be damaging. If yeah, that was you, true. Ha,
1: you have to remember that when they leave primary school, they're twelve, maybe thirteen, if they started uh, if they started a little bit late. But like, there's so much time left in secondary school with so much focus on these state exams. There's so much time. To really put the shoulder to the academic wheel, but yeah. in primary school, I'm a big believer in that there has to be a balance. Yes, you have to do academics because it's fundamental that they learn their basics in numeracy, literacy, yeah. so on. But I'm a big believer in like spending an hour now and again, like dancing, like total egots. You know, like <laughs> let's let's spark creativity in a different form. Okay. Um, but that leads back into your question because I tend to ramble a bit, but sometimes I feel the parents only see the standardized testing so at the end of the year they're mad keen to come and talk to me yeah and they're going to say oh and and the stand there was you know um for example Jimmy got a stent of six and last year got a stent of seven and I'm just wondering you know and like standardized testing everybody knows even the people who make the standardized testing knows that it, they know that it, it is a flawed system it is maybe the best of a Bad bunch of options, and I'm
0: sure it's economical. You know, it well, and yeah. it's
1: economical, but like you have to understand that, for example, the standardized testing in English doesn't test creative writing. Yeah. But Jimmy could have become an amazing creative writer throughout the year. Yeah. Because he was inspired to read more. He was inspired. Uh, his reading inspired him to comprehend things better. He improved his fluency. Improved his uh, his vocabulary. Had more exposure. Like there are things that doesn't test, which I think are fundamental to any student going forward and also there's a lot there's a lot of things that are learned in primary school like life skills learning to deal with other people Um, you know I know it's quite a topical conversation like bullying is like it's a buzzword thrown around these days but it's it's just coping with life that you have to teach the kids and there's so many so many other things you can teach them through interaction through playing outside in the yard through doing maths in the classroom through painting on walls through doing Irish in the classroom to doing Irish outside of the classroom English so on so, I I just think sometimes people need to remember that they are just kids. And, like, primary school should be an opportunity for them to really dip their toes in so many different pools, because there will be a time to put your shoulder to the academic wheel. Yeah. But, as I'm sure you know through the countless people you've met, I can even think in my head of a couple of friends. I have one friend uh, who's a teacher, and an amazing teacher, and... Her words, I'm paraphrasing here, but she told me she was a useless student. Right. She was dyslexic. Um, She just wasn't really very academic in school, Um, but pursued other interests like music, was very creative musically, and turned out to be a fabulous teacher through the experiences she gained. So academics, they're not for everyone. They're important, and I'll continue to teach them to the best of my ability but they're not everything. Yeah. You have to work with the arts. You have to work with, you know, just broaden their experience. That's why I sent that video home. Yeah. Last year we with my that class who are now in 6th class, we did about a week's work where we looked at the Atacama Desert, the driest place on the earth. And I showed them I showed them videos of uh, there's this huge observatory there and uh, a lot of like um astronomical stargazing and things go on there yeah. and they, some amazing photographers have gone there and taken these beautiful images of shooting stars, meteor showers, all of that type of stuff and that's why I sent them the video today because I wanted, in one sense I wanted to say hey guys, look where I am now look yeah. how far away from home I am but I'm there and I'm going to visit that um, and like you want them to see that like these things are not just something on a screen because that, that dips into another problem with kids all, always looking at screens and being satisfied that they've seen something if it's on their phone yeah you know I wanted to say hey I'm here you can go here someday too and explore and
0: yeah you bring parents into that answer there and I was thinking how does a teacher cooperate with a parent in so the way I see the job as twofold. The academic and developing the brain and then developing the human. Mm. It's not up to the parent to develop the brain necessarily because that's why they send them to school. Mm. But obviously they'll want to take on the responsibility as much as they can, I'm guessing, mm. to form the human. But mm-hmm. you also have access to the kid eight hours a day and mm-hmm. so you have to take on some of that responsibility as well. Absolutely. How, does that, how do those two... How do, they marry? How do they yeah marry or even uh, clash at times if you've maybe got different ideals to the parents or yeah, absolutely. different and visions for what the kid could be very good at in the future whatever.
1: Absolutely, and you know it's 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 common to say that I know for a fact with thirty kids in a class there will be parents that have different goals than what I would have for the child, but it's it's their child. They yeah. send them to school, but um, I'm a huge believer in the fact that you know they're sent to school but like the primary education has to be done at home like if you if the parents really want their child to be academic then yes they go to school and they do their academics but the parents really have to put in that effort at home as well yeah you have to like for me I'll teach the academics as best as I can but what the parents can do which can change everything is instill the right attitude in their children yeah so when they come to school like let's be honest you know yourself from being in school and I remember like school can be boring yeah. it can be really boring and I say to the kids every day I say guys look I don't expect everybody to be interested in everything we're doing today but you just have to trust me that's it it's important and if you give me your attention for this then we'll do something cool something different whatever, yeah. it's cool fun and then I try to bring it in educationally like maybe the arts or something like that but yeah. it's got to you got to strike a balance because I remember being bored senseless at certain things yeah. in primary school so <clears throat> To come back to cope, to dealing with parents, um, when you think about it, uh, someone said this to me about two years ago, a teacher that I, uh, I, I've i learned a lot from in my school said, you know, outside of the parents, you're probably
0: the person they see most yeah, in their Yeah, for sure, life. that's what I mean, you've got a huge you know? influence over the, the formation of them as humans if... They see you every day for twelve years, whatever primary school is—eight exactly. years, ten years. Exactly. So, I mean,
1: the thing is, right? You can't—you can't start the year and, like, you couldn't start the year and bring every parent in and be like, "Okay, hey, what type of human would you like your child to be?" You just have to—you just have to go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, you, like, I always will try to instill the same morals. Like, I want them to be kind. I want them to be understanding. I want them to be inclusive. Yeah. and um, if a child is inclusive, you lit—you can literally eliminate bullying, like that. If the children understand the concept of yeah. inclusivity, you know, because everybody's different. Yeah. Let's appreciate people for their differences, but let's work a little bit harder to find some common ground so we can do things together. So I don't go to the parents and say, I think I'll do this. I just do my best with it. Yeah. And if they want to come to talk to me, that's fine. We can talk about it. I'm, I'm always open to, to listening to them. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's utter rubbish. Yeah,
0: like, of you course. You know, yeah, like sure. they,
1: they come in with the the, the daftest concerns. Yeah. Um, but I, I always try to remember the the odd meeting I have where where a parent came into me last year and uh, her daughter is a brilliant child very academic very friendly very sporty you know real a real hard worker yeah. you know uh, had a lot naturally too was raised well to be to be kind to be to have the right attitude you know and, boxes yeah absolutely and the mother came into me at the parent teacher meeting. And I had all the test results ready next to me on the table and I had a little note made about where maybe they could do this and, and the mother, now I knew this mother but uh, from outside of school, but she turned to me and she said, she said, Kieran, is she happy in school? And I said, well, yeah, she's always smiling, she's always laughing, like, you tell me, is she happy getting up in the morning? You, you have the best insight yeah. because I know that if kids don't want to come to school, the parents see it in the morning. Yeah. She's like, no, she loves coming to school. And I'm like, well, she, she seems to love being in school. And the mother stood up and said, that's great, I'll talk to you soon. And she left. Huh. You know? And the thing was, she knew that if there was an issue academically or socially that I needed to talk about, yeah. I would talk to her about it. Yeah. And as she was leaving the, the room, I remember I questioned myself I said, Oh, what
0: did that go really well yeah, or really I was like, badly? Should, should
1: I say something? Should I do And then I said, Hang on a second, there's nothing I need to say yeah. here. Her child is working hard, she's got the right attitude, and the mother is happy that she's she's happy, like, yeah. you know. And so I just left her off and I remember thinking you know it's not always that easy because this child really did have a lot of strings to her bow, but it was a good attitude, it was a good outlook to have, and it was for me it was really ticking the basics yeah is she happy she is is she working as hard as she can she is you can't ask for anything else yeah. you can't expect unrealistic expectations like uh, if the child is working as hard
0: as they can, what else can you ask for yeah Do you know? y- you saw me watching this morning these videos uh Future of money, future of work, future of home, future of food. It was a thing done by this news website, Quartz. Really, really good. Um, and just a nine-minute video on each of these things. Right. And they gave their take on where each of these things was going. Mm-hmm. If you were to give a, a, a quick take, what would be the future of primary education? Because we see things being automated, etc. And I'd love to, in, in the same answer, hear your take on this uh, trend of homeschooling that seems to be pretty popular among... I, I know it's quite popular, I think, among uh, wealthy, say, tech families in, in America. and um, Maybe those that move a lot. Yeah, maybe mm. those as well, like dependent on the lifestyle. But mm. I'm interested to hear what you think. Do you, I mean, certainly it's obvious that there's a social element missing, which I would consider to be one of the most important factors of a primary education. Mm. But I'm interested to hear, from your perspective, what you think.
1: Um, right, I'll touch so, on that so first. So, yeah, bo- bo-
0: both. both <laughs> the yeah, time, I'll right?
1: touch on that first. I think that... Um, <clears throat> You know, if schools didn't provide a necessary social outlet for learning, then homeschooling would be done everywhere. But, like, homeschooling doesn't provide that. And for me, for me, it's a no-brainer. They have to be in school. They have to be in a place where they're constantly put out of their comfort zone with other people. Nobody goes through life, like, not dealing with people. You know, in, in, in interactions in the shop. Uh, the supermarket Buying clothes uh, All the way up to In your job uh, Your family Your yeah. relatives uh, Relationships as you get older And all of that is learned Through social experience yeah. Like Seeing something happen To your group of friends Or something happening In your group of friends It's character defining Yeah And also it's fun Like kids love being with, Like with their friends yeah. they love Like you know Kids have that beautiful Innocence where Like I challenge anybody to say they've never seen a 4-year-old who'll just walk up to another 4-year-old and just immediately like start playing. They just have this natural like let's do things together. That yeah. people do lose as they get older. But f- as regards the the homeschooling, you know, if if the circumstances require it, then you know, it has to be done and it's it's a parents decision and if they think if they think it's a good way of doing it, then fine, but I think the best way I can answer that question is to say that my kids will never be homeschooled. Yeah, sure. My kids will never be homeschooled. They'll be in a school, um, public, private, whatever. They'll just be in a school where they interact with other people because I I want my kids to come home from school crying someday Yeah. because I want to work through that problem with them. Yeah. And then I want them to come home from school laughing with tears because I want to hear about it. And I just don't think they'll get those opportunities if they're homeschooled. Yeah. So that's where I stand on that. As regards um, the future of education...
0: Uh, well, I mean, we can see practical things being brought into it. So you know that I'm very passionate about, say, childhood obesity. Absolutely. And I'd love to see it built into a, a yeah. curriculum, you know, learning yeah. about diet and where food, real food, mm. comes from, etc. Mm. Um, learning about the, how to work, say, you were saying you got this guy in on how to deal with Snapchat safely and mm. responsibly, Like, yeah. and, and that that was very impactful because absolutely. it was relevant for them. All these these core issues you know mm. how to behave maybe in an environmentally sustainable manner as well just mm. the day-to-day things whatever it is do you see these as as realistically becoming a part of a curriculum for these primary kids i
1: think it's i think they are for example you've got like in early you've got the green schools which has its focus on like um like a more sustainable environment yeah. like you have the schools are encouraged to get their flags for like um water consumption electricity consumption you know recycling yeah and that's great. It's good. And, you know, a healthy bit of competition never hurt anybody. So, like, the fact that some schools can have their flags and some schools can't, it's a good... It spurs on schools. Yeah, it's for good sure. pub, It's good publicity. Um, I know we spoke already about the, the childhood obesity, and it's something that you know I also feel very strongly about. Yeah. Because I just, I just don't see how it happens, it's, personally. It's such it it unnecessary just, problem. I just don't see it. But, for example, in our school, we had something called Project Spree. Which was inspired by um, spree. That's a British word. S B O A O I. Yeah. What
0: is it? It's
1: fun. S- oh, yeah, 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 okay. Spree fun. Um, it was inspired by a program that was started in New Zealand, uh, where the schools brought in. Um, like I mean, let's be honest. How how long have experts been telling us that? Thirty minutes exercise a day, or an hour's exercise a day, if you're a kid, is just this is all you need. Yeah. And the unfortunate reality of the situation is, with exercise now being being seen as a viable option on a computer screen, like kids are not getting as much as they should. Yeah. So this project was brought in in New Zealand to try and combat that. It was it was aimed at in adding to the curriculum a 15 to 20 minutes, like. Cardio workout to each day, right? To make sure that the kids had it at least twenty minutes in the day, and maybe even even a bit longer. I think it should be longer. I think PE should be done every day, but another another story for another time. Yeah. But um, and they basically uh, there were some master's students in the Cork uh, Institute of Technology who took this project on um, for their their thesis. And they came out to our school, and our principal is quite proactive in, in regards with regards to things like this. You know, if, there, if there's a new program that we can try, he's very good to, to bring it into the school and try it. And we did it for about a year, and the idea was that uh, after the year, you know, um, a girl called Lisa and a girl called Ivan, they would come in once a week, and they would um, do a bit of spree with each class. Right. And the idea was that after the year, when they left to finish their thesis, um, the teachers would continue it themselves it just didn't happen it just didn't happen you know yeah because um you know the department of education and the government they don't allocate enough time within the they don't allocate enough time within the recommended guidelines for something like that so it's like i completely understand why it didn't work
0: yeah there's going you, to be a clash there between yeah, the old
1: and the new that's it you look at the curriculum and you say oh well i'm supposed to get this many hours of maths done yeah. i'm supposed to get the
0: chair? i'm no, supposed to get
1: this many hours of irish done and one hour a week of PE. yeah one hour a week of pe that's you pretty know? nuts um you, you know if you it's just unrealistic even if you tried to do that five times once a day that's 12 minutes yeah but you know, there just there needs to be more of an emphasis on it. Now, I know that we, um, in our school, we tried something quite interesting. We used to do this, uh, like, we did athletics in the morning um, for those that wanted to run in the city sports or do cross-country. Yeah, that's good. We were lucky enough to have the GA pitch out at the back of the school, so we were able to use that. But um, So the future of education, coming back around to that question, it needs to be more inclusive of, like, standard health guidelines, you mm. know? Less time on screens, more time exercising Um, I'm a huge believer that I know we teach English in primary schools in Ireland and I know we teach Irish in primary schools in Ireland but I'm a huge believer that why is there not another European language Spanish Spanish Italian French German why is there not something and I I, I don't even mean that the primary school teachers should teach it get a teacher in bring a teacher in because Everybody says you learn a language best when you learn it young. If you look, if you look abroad and you see like the Dutch guys we've met on this travel, yeah, the Spanish people we've met on this travel, their English it's is incredible. almost flawless. Yeah, and it's because they learned it from such a young age. Why don't we teach a European language from yeah. a young age? I know if I go back teaching in the next couple of years, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to find some time in the day to teach probably Italian, just because I love the you language. Love Italian, yeah. But it doesn't even matter. It's like getting that side of your brain really mm. taking over. Um, and, you know, so there will be a lot of technology in the future of education, for sure. I just hope there's a balance. Yeah. And I hope that the curriculum is regularly reviewed to say, okay, yeah, we need this time in maths. We need this time in literacy. Yeah. But, you
0: know, let's get some time in for the arts as well. Let's do that. One thing I think, and I'd certainly back up that arts claim. Uh, one thing I think is that, you Can see that in terms of like the macro trends happening, technology making huge advancements and, and our lifestyle is making huge advancements along with that. But as people, we're almost you know, in some ways, regressing in that our uh, literary skills are, are declining because we no longer use pen and paper, or Absolutely. We, we barely read anymore, we listen to audiobooks, mm. and um, we don't go out, we don't, we're getting obese because we get our shopping delivered and we, we eat crap and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So, I'd love to see education saying hang on we've got all this stuff sort of covered on one side why don't we focus on the, the areas that we're lagging behind and, yeah. and start looking at those because sort of
1: the setup is there yeah like you the have basketball. the kids in the school for six hours a day so why not review the curriculum so that we're giving them the best education in that, that six they, hours that they need. The, what, what they need what they need if they're going to be there let's not have them be bystanders to a curriculum that's out of date yeah let's like use the fact that we actually get them into a room for six hours yeah. let's use that let's teach them the things they need like that you know you talked about you know like teaching them about healthy eating teaching yeah. them,
0: like oh, it's just vital yeah it's, it's, it's just, vital. It's key and if they don't do it they're not going to use the stuff we are teaching them. but anyway um, it would be good to make a shift now towards like kind of angling, uh, angling this chat towards people who are thinking about um, teaching whether they're in school in mm. college or uh, in a different job at the moment so mm. Couple of things, it would be interesting to get into the mindset of a teacher and we've talked about what different worlds we come from. So how I come from uh, I've come from a, a commerce degree and, and a bank and a, a technology company and you've come from, from education. Very, yeah. very different worlds. And I can tell you that when a grad joins a bank or any company, they kind of generally the goal is to be the CEO of that company or a company or set up a company, whatever yeah. it is. What is the goal? What is the the pinnacle of an educator's career that they kind of look to, that most young educators would look to as as being their goal for their career? Is it to be the headmaster of a school? Yeah, you see,
1: I would say that those that are uh, business inclined or leadership inclined uh, will look towards leading the school uh, uh, in the role of vice principal or the role of principal. They might even take it that step further. Some teachers might want to continue educating. I know that uh, the vice-principal in our school, she uh, she is an educator on the Hibernia teaching course. And I couldn't think of a person better suited. She comes with 40 years experience in the teaching profession. Um, so I also know a lot of teachers that wouldn't dream of becoming a principal because sometimes becoming a principal... It's admin, you don't it's teach admin, it's admin. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, the teacher that inspired me to become a teacher when I thought about it would have been my best friend's dad who taught me in 5th class and 6th class yeah you were saying Donoghue's yeah, dad. Yeah, dad yeah dad yeah. yeah and he it was his professional attitude towards the job that just I'll, ne- I'll never forget it right. I'll never forget it like he might not have been the most energetic fun teacher ever but he's the teacher that stuck with me because he was kind he was practical and he, I know something he I've, I've had many conversations with him about it um, since I've left school uh, he in that fifth and sixth class those were his last two years teaching right the following year if I'm right maybe a year after he went f- he was he was a teaching principal when I was there he then became a walking principal okay the school got a little bit bigger it required the principal to be uh, to be available to yeah, sure. just fulfill that role and he all like he always said you know what inspires me about him is I don't know if he loves being a principal and I really can't speak for him now but this is just my opinion and I don't know if he loves it I just know he does it because he's he's damn good at it yeah you know he knows he can make a difference to his school but I know for a fact that he misses teaching every day in fact he he, he goes out of his way maybe once a year to stock up all the science resources in the school, and he goes around and he asks the teachers, can, can I teach the class science? And they're yeah. more than happy to let him do it, you know? Partly because he's their boss, but, <laughs> you know, in another way, like, he he's always trying to get back in as much as he can, and I know being a principal doesn't allow him to do it as much as often, but, as much as he'd like, excuse me, but he, he the way he goes about his job, like, so professional, and I, I do aspire to have that yeah. sort of attitude.
0: and um, does, does that reaffirm my idea or notion that uh, teaching is one of these jobs that is a calling and a passion? So this guy, he's offered more money and a more prestigious job, but he just wants to do his passion. Mm. Is that a kind of, And I wonder that. I mean, I wonder when I look at... When I was in college and I was doing business, I'd look, at the, I'd look at you guys, the teachers, I'd look at the doctors um, and a couple of others and I'd think... It's automatic. They don't even have to think about what they're going to do. It's a, it's a calling, you know? Right. Do, do you feel like it's like that? or I feel that for some in? people
1: it is, but I, I... Not necessarily, though. Not necessarily, no. And I, I think I'll always look at it like this. I think that certain people find what their calling is, and I don't think it's exclusive to the jobs you mentioned. Like, I, I look at you from learning what I've learned about you over the last two weeks. I see... I see you as pretty much having found your calling. You're starting this journey with something that for me it's when you talk about it it's effortless. It's not it's not like, oh I think I'll do this. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. You know? <laughs> so I think you can find your calling in many different sectors. Um I know right now I'm having that mental battle in my head as yeah. to whether it's my calling or not. I know that I'm considering a change, even though the irony is you can't shut me up about it when you ask me. Uh, well, the the passion is clear the, when you talk but about. It. That's the thing, and, and I am starting, because I'm away from the job this year. I'm starting to realise that I am more passionate about it than I gave myself credit for. Yeah. Um. I know I got down a little bit because of the system and because of you know just a couple of other things, but I am passionate about it, and it's it's making me realise that, with the right attitude, this could this could be something I I I really. Get a lot out of yeah. Um, when I go back, if I go back, um. So I know. Don't get me wrong. I know some teachers that were just born to teach. Yeah. We're born to teach, like um, even almost born to teach a particular age. I know some infant teachers, and I'm like, wow, like really, yeah. I couldn't see you do anything else. Yeah. Um, but you know there are a lot of teachers as well who, who do it. Like for example, I'm sure there's people who work in business, who hate business but are really good at it do you know what I mean and I I definitely think that there will be teachers out there who aren't big fans of the job but they're just good at it they are really good at it it speaks to their strengths they know what they need to do to be a good teacher and they continue doing it but I do think I guess like you said at the start it is a big responsibility if you can make it your calling all the better but I'm not I'm not a believer in the fact that you can't be a good teacher if it's not your calling because like being a good teacher calling or not just requires hard work perseverance
0: patience all of these things so you can have those things even if you don't love can you make that list a bit longer for the students out there thinking oh i'm brash i swear a lot i have a hot temper i can't be a mm. teacher what what are the well, traits you that would be rewarded as a teacher if you,
1: if you have a hot temper and you think you couldn't teach you'll be brought down to earth with a big with a yes, big crash sure. because you'll realize that a lot of people I meet say I oh, couldn't do that I couldn't do teaching I wouldn't have the patience for it but when you're looking at a 7 year old in front of you who's trying their hardest and they're not getting it I challenge somebody to say oh I can't do this
0: you know what I mean because <laughs> it's, 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 I would be someone who would say that
1: you, you could though and I have no doubt you could because you see this child in front of you they're 7, they're 8 they're 10, they're 12 they're 4 and they're trying their hardest, they just need a little bit of extra guidance. Like, nobody really, unless they're a nasty human being, is gonna go, I'm done with this, yeah. why aren't you getting it, you know what I mean? You learn patience on the job, and don't get me wrong, you need a lot of it, because they'll test you. Like, one child will test you, 30 kids will sure. fry your brain. Yeah,
0: so, so is patience the number patience one? Patience
1: is a huge thing, it's okay. a
0: huge thing. Do you need
1: very strong communication skills? Very strong communication skills, because um, for all, all you maybe, I want to be a teacher someday. People listening, um, something they never teach you about in college is uh, dealing with your colleagues. Oh, yeah. Never communicating yeah. with your colleagues and open communication amongst your staff. I've seen it work well in my school. It's a it's something my principal is big on. He's big on the right attitude across the board and people always willing to go that extra mile for each other. Yeah. And ma, just everything runs smoother. You know, you also have people you can confide in. Um, So not only do you need to be able to communicate, and it's funny because teaching can provide you with the craziest, the craziest contrasts in a day. I can, I I know that last year, for example, I used to swap with a second class teacher. She's an amazing artist. So she would come to my class and teach art because it's not my, it's not a strength of mine. And I would go and teach music to her class because she considered it not a strength of hers. I don't believe that, but it was a good balance. Yeah. So I would go from having prepubescent teenagers being cheeky in my class and getting pissed off with the long schedule and the day and things like that. And I'd go down with that mindset and I'd walk into the room and I'd say, "Hi, all right guys, come on, we're gonna do this. And then I'd suddenly realize that I just said that to a bunch of seven year olds who were looking at me. And then you you just have to change immediately because you look down at them and they're just all excited because there's Mr Gleason, the only male teacher in the school and he's gonna do singing with us or he's gonna do that with us, you know? Yeah. So you, you have to be able to jump. You have to be able to talk to a seven year old, talk to a twelve year old, talk to a 40-year-old woman, talk to a seven year old, talk to an eight year old, you know? Yeah. And that is fun. That is fun. It's a challenge and um, because sometimes I think the teachers almost have split personalities <laughs> to be able to, yeah,
0: to jump to between. be able to jump For sure. between.
1: But um, um, <laughs> definitely communication skills, patience would be two big ones. Um, you have to be you have to be willing as well to put in work on your end um, because like teaching provides you with constant challenges every single child in your class will learn a certain way and quite often honestly you can be three months into the year before you figure out oh, that's how this child learns yeah. they're a visual learner you know, and it might take you that long to really nail it down but that's that's the challenge you you provide an, uh, enough um, you provide enough d- like v- differing methodologies that you will eventually touch on that one where you see that child understands something you go ah that's it so you need to be able to you need to be able to like persevere through yeah. like if a child doesn't understand it you can't give up you know yeah. like it doesn't like 99% of the time it just means you haven't found the right way of teaching them that yeah and that can be incredibly frustrating because you've 30 kids in a class and all you want to do is sit down for 2 hours with one of them because you know with enough for time one to one you'll get through to that child. Yeah, and you become invested, And if you, you want to be a teacher, understand now you'll never get that time. Yeah. But you do your best anyway. And over the year you will get through and you you, you lean on the other teachers, maybe you send kids out to have their half an hour where maybe somebody'll get through to them. So being able to deal with kind of frustration is a big thing too. Yeah. And quite often it's frustration against the system. Sure. Okay. But um so that's another skill you definitely need. You definitely need to be able to manage frustration. Yeah. Um,
0: what about um I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. We so we we there's a fair bit I want to get through here and we we're sort of running out of time, not quite urgently yet. Um a lot of people out there would say I'm a, a 25 or 30 year old, say banker, business person whatever. And I would just I feel like I have more to give, and I feel like I'd be able to give in a teaching role, and it's always interested me. And I've seen that Robin Williams movie, what's it called, uh, Dead Poet Society, and I think mm. I could be like him. Yeah. And I'd love the idea of having three months or four months off every year. Mm. What do you say to those people? Like, is the is the three month thing real? Like, is it actually? term finishes. I know you have to go through a few exams. How long is that take? A couple of weeks? Well, I mean, for primary school, it's two months in the summer,
1: because uh, you, you keep working until the end of June. So you got July and August off. Why do you keep working? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. primary schools go till the end of June, oh, secondary schools finish at the end of May. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Well, they finish at the end of May unless you're doing state exams, which are in the month okay, of June. Yeah. But, um, so you get your two months off. Now, don't get me wrong, for any of you people working with hugely long hours, you don't get that time off. I, I'm only just saying that's what it is. I know my friends give it to me all the time. They say, oh, only two months off, is it? Yeah. And you know you get good holidays at Easter and Christmas as well, so the holidays are great. Um, don't get me wrong, the pay reflects the amount of time you're not working.
0: But we talked about the pay. I thought, like, and we'll get into the pay as well. But mm. the pay seems pretty good, certainly at graduate level.
1: At graduate level, I mean, you're coming, you're coming out as a teacher these days and you're starting on about 32, I'd say, 32,000. The biggest problem at the moment is that uh, after the economic crash with the Haddington Road Agreement and stuff, the teachers starting work after 2011 were thrown under the bus. Right. Because the teachers at the time. Went on strike because of the po- because of the pay cuts, but then folded when the government said, "Okay, we'll protect yours, but starting now, we're gonna cut it." And sure, they all said, "Oh, that's fine." Yeah. And then the people coming in, so you know, it's my dad always says to me, "Relax, Kieran, it's it'll come full circle. The okay. country is getting back. Like it'll come full circle. Like pay will be restored because at the moment you have." You can have somebody two years older than you, started two years before, you were doing the exact same job as you on a much higher earning potential. Okay. And that there is a discrepancy there.
0: It's not bad though. That, I mean, I think three year accountants, three years in, in these famous mm. big firms like EY and stuff, three years in are probably making that money as well. It's so the same, yeah? Yeah, pretty similar, like, yeah, as in, and, uh, literally uh, almost the exact same, maybe two or three K short. I know anyway as well, Like as much as I'll talk about it, in my first
1: year like getting paid a salary, was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> it was <unreal>. unbelievable, like, <laughs> it's unreal. I don't even remember what I spent my first year salary yeah. on, <laughs> like, it went, but, like, it was amazing, you yeah. know, and, um, but again, like, that, that brings me back to the whole, pro- probably why I changed from radiography, I, I want to be, you have a bloody good time, like, everybody else, I want to be the richest man in the world, so I can do whatever I want, but, if I really wanted to be the richest man in the world, I wouldn't be a teacher, would I, yeah. you know, so, there's obvious, there is some part of me that you have to acknowledge, yeah, like, I'm sure. doing it for the job, and, you know maybe there's earning potential like yeah. in in other in other aspects so if you're that person in business and you're saying god I'd love those holidays and I'd love to teach I think Go for it. What, I, would,
0: what would a 27 or 30 year old make who just moved across from a, a business? You'd company? start at the start. You'd, you'd start, start at 35 at the, or whatever. At
1: the, the first pay scale, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. 33, I'd say. 30, I, I can't remember exactly. Maybe. Between 32 and 34. Would you'd they go off fast? Because they're going to be no. making 60 in business, 70 No, in business, by you by that won't. Sense. I think you'll start at the start. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah which which can
0: be kind of frustrating. Could they move into a, an admin or a business? Yeah. They, uh, an admin role within, uh, principal role within the... Principal role type of thing?
1: No. Um. Well, look. Anything can happen. But as far as I'm aware, like you know, you don't get a principalship unless you have years minimum of five years teaching experience. Yeah, you know, sure. and I'm not on the board of management of any school. I don't make the decisions. But if I was, I wouldn't employ anybody who hadn't yeah. taught. Because while it is an admin role, and maybe you need a business savvy mind, and maybe you need somebody able to make strong decisions like you do in business you can't not understand the role of a teacher. Sure. <laughs> like you can't. Yeah. You're running a school. A school is full of teachers. A school is full of students. You have to have had experience dealing with both.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so they wouldn't be able to jump right in. Even if they could, I wouldn't suggest they do because it will be too difficult. Without that experience, it will be too difficult. Yeah. Um, if you want to do it, I think do it. Like, I, I'm, always, I'm always open to people teaching in, in this... Donica, my best mate, is a doctor. Mm. You know what he enjoys most about his job? Is the teaching he does. Yeah. Uh, as In his intern year, he was uh, doing rounds with people in medical school. And he loved it. And it's what I'm doing with the public speaking. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I know you love it. I can, yeah. tell, like, I can tell that you would come I'm into a primary school education. and just... You would feed off that energy so well. For sure, I If you're it. a person who likes people, it's a great job. Yeah. Um, if you're a person who's willing to acknowledge the difficulties of the job... You'll have a great time. I mean, we're no fools as teachers. We know every job is difficult. You know, everybody has their own challenges. But if you want to do it, do it. Maybe you can start by working at a summer camp for kids. Maybe you can see how you deal with kids in a situation like that, because those are crazy. Kids are wild. Like they're absolutely, their brain is just shut off from school because they're on their holidays. Maybe you could try um, bringing a strength to a school. Hey, I'll come in and I'll do a bit of drama Well, I was going to bring that up.
0: So, I mean, I don't have kids and I'm not blowing smoke here, but I really like the idea of, if I did have kids, you being the guy to educate them because you're a young guy, have the strength of communication, etc., But what I love is that you're really into sport, and you're really into music, and you're really into drama. Mm. And so you're going to be standing in front of the kids every day and stretching their imaginations, and you've just got a lot to bring to the table in that regard. Mm. I think there's a lot of people, and this is one of the kind of passion areas I have, I picture the person working in a corporate job who has so much to offer. But can not find a channel through which to offer it. So mm. they were a brilliant musician in school, and they haven't done it in three years, or they're a great athlete and they love sport and they love people and they, you know, they, they there's can't something in like there's passion there life. that they can't let. It. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And imagine you sitting, and it, this was uh, kind of uh, similar to the case with me, probably where I don't have as, quite as much to offer. But I was sitting in a bank, and there was just no channel through which I could express my passion or, your personality, or personality. Yeah, or personality, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it seems like you have limitless not limitless but you've got a lot of opportunities within to your job so. to do that and mm. i think there's a lot of guys who are in the position that i was in um well and i considered uh, secondary education because yeah. I, I just thought i'd relate better and i had experience yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in secondary schools as well but it would be i think it's a very good option for someone like that out mm. there who has has these, these things to offer skills or
1: aspects of their personality yeah who is yeah.
0: driven by these things um would, do? You, do you think that's
1: fair? Think I think it's fair, absolutely. I think like teaching for me, like I obviously think it's one of the be- greatest things you can do. It like must because, be so like you know, I'm a huge fan. Like I actually have talked to a lot of my friends about. I love the secondary school system. I love that you have a different teacher for different subjects. Yeah. And what I would love to do in my primary school is be the teacher of the subjects I know I could teach best let me go into every class and teach music let yeah. me go into every class and teach maths those are my favourite ones yeah. let me go into every class and teach drama and, and let's get my friend Louise in to teach art because she's incredible yeah. like let's get um, another teacher in the school who's an incredible Irish teacher let's get her that's in that's a good idea you know and I love that idea team teaching to me is the way forward yeah. and I know that when I go back I'm going to be very passionate about it I'm going to try and set up as many trades and swaps as I can because I just think you have to play to your strength for sure you know like in, in i know for example that i'll teach the kids art in my class but i know i know that two doors down there is a teacher there you yeah. could blow these kids minds with her creativity and art and maybe I, I should go and learn from her so i can do it myself but i'm like hey let's do a swap i'll bring yeah. something to the table
0: you bring something to the table and do you have the license to do this so do you have the license? do you have the creative license within your job to kind of teach the way you want to teach, or are you stuck rigidly to a? It depends on program. It depends on, well, like, for example, like with maths, I have thirty-five topics I have to teach in the fifth class, and I have to get through them all. But can you teach them? Like, say, I don't know. Say, if you're adding up people, are you able to get the kids to go outside and, like, I don't know, pile on top of each other and count that way? That's a terrible example of interactive <laughs> teaching. You know what I mean? On just, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Go thinking, on, jump, jump. I'm thinking of the Robin Williams movie where he teaches in a very
1: kind of abstract and fun yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to surprise them with your methodologies. You want to keep them on their toes. You want to keep them excited. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, if I if I feel like the kids are going to learn this topic in history better if I'm outside acting it out and screaming at them, I'll do it. But you don't have someone on your ass about that? Not at all. Right, okay. uh, maybe in other schools you do, but not in my school. Okay. Um, I know that... The principal is good. He he allows us creative license to do so. Yeah. I know with the whole swapping, I did it with one teacher last year. I don't I don't know how realistic it would be if we all went to the principal and were like, hey, can we just swap yeah. here, there, left and center? Because you'd have parents in saying there's a lot of disruption, even though that's cod's wallet in my opinion. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, and I think, but that's the challenge in primary school. The challenge is using that creative license because you know what? At the end of the day, like, If if you can teach maths better standing on your head, then you should be standing on your head teaching maths. Yeah. Do you know like, um, I teach a lot of my lessons through humour. Standing on your head. Yeah. Standing on my head. Yeah. One arm hanging (laughs) hanging from the rafters. You teach them through
0: humour. I teach a lot through
1: humour. Like I'm quite sarcastic with the kids, and at the start they have no idea what's going on, and at the end they love it. Yeah. But it just it allows me to sort of try and keep things moving in a good manner, even when I'm boiling with rage on the inside at like some of the behaviour you just have to like I approach it in a kind of way where like you know we'll have fun we'll have fun if, if, if the line is crossed you know there's a lesson to be learned there um, and you use that lesson to like communicate to them like better ways of, of, of coping with situations but I know I teach a lot through humour like when I go into the second class I make a fool of myself at the top and immediately give the kids attention yeah, sure. like I, I, I run in and I just start singing I roll on the ground I like jump on a table, I jump back down and the kids are immediately looking at you, you have to grab their attention and that's just how I do it, I, I bring a lot of energy to it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because also, when you asked me for a list of strengths earlier, being energetic is an absolute necessity. Yeah. You need to be exhausted at the end of the day, and you will be, Yeah. but like a lot of jobs you can be. Um, but that's what you want. You you do you want, want it like you need to take boring. care of yourself outside of school because you want to be spent at the end of the day yeah. because if I'm throwing myself around I know the kids will be more likely to do it yeah. whereas if I say throw yourself around with a deadpan face sitting in my chair <laughs> nothing's happening like you're yeah. not getting anything out of them you're not like I make a fool of myself so they're not afraid to make a fool of, sure. them, of, of themselves you know yeah um, and. Yeah, I, I just think again, like to come back to it, that creative that creative license you have, that's what you have to challenge. Yeah. You have to find a way to to do the best you can in a particular situation. And I know that I know I didn't do it to my full potential in the years I taught. I did with certain things. I I sometimes I threw the hat in at points when I said, oh, you know, I got frustrated and I I, I was learning myself how to deal with it because you learn everything on the job and teaching. It's it's. It's too unrealistic to expect that you can teach somebody to teach in a college yeah. lecture. You can't. Maybe you can teach... I don't know you'll be able to answer this for me. Maybe you can teach somebody how to crunch numbers in a college lecture.
0: Uh, yeah, you probably could. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah.
1: You can't teach somebody to teach in a college lecture. Yeah, sure. You can't. Yeah. It all
0: comes from experience. Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah, that's um, because the numbers are inanimate. But, yeah. And you're I, teaching animate objects. You yeah, need to exactly, see the reaction, Exactly, you know? exactly,
1: exactly. It's all about how they react and how you react to their reaction.
0: Yeah. It's so just a chain of reaction, really. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I'm thinking again of these uh, business guys thinking, because you've probably got a few of them bloody on the phones here thinking, let's let's get this teaching stuff started. And the the the, whole, the pullback for them is going to be the fact that they're making 60, 70k and then have to go down to 35, 40k. Mm. Do you go home? Do you work 9 to
1: 3? Uh, so the school hours, like I'd be in school anytime from 8 o'clock on. Um, but when,
0: when would you go home?
1: So school finishes in my school at 20 to 3. I uh,
0: don't leave till. Half past five. Half five? Yeah. I'm going to ask you what you do in the meantime, but even half five, mm. a business, uh, someone with a commercial mind and commercial experience could probably run a business on the side if they're teaching. So a lot of people yeah. do this with full-time jobs when they yeah. finish at seven or eight and they still run a business. Yeah, so, you know, absolutely. They're very ambitious. Absolutely. And you've got the time during the day or during the summers and Christmas and Easter absolutely. whatever to Absolutely.
1: It's something I hope to, if I go back teaching, it's something I hope to challenge, uh, yeah. challenge myself in my personal life. Uh, I'd love to own a wine bar we spoke about yeah. this you know maybe I'll do that and be able to give my evenings to it the only thing I will say is you come back to the it's all about finding a balance in lifestyle because trust me when it's 23 fine. comes you're, you're bait yeah, you're absolutely yeah, that's bait fair, but that's fair. I know for example <laughs> yeah. that I, I did some after school teaching like so on certain days I on the days that I do after school teaching I taught a bit of violin after school I taught some drama after school and um, I talked in whistle after school so I would do those directly after school the kids would stay you'd do it um, maybe until 4 o'clock and on days like that I might be out till 6 or half 6 because there's a lot of prep there's also there's also that need to talk to colleagues about how your day went there is that need you know God I did this today you know maybe you want to pick their brains or maybe you just want a good rant because you you'll probably know there's beauty in ranting to somebody who knows nothing about your job but there's also beauty in ranting to somebody who knows
0: everything about your job i want to ask something about that as well but just first that going back to that to the people listening that shows you that you've got no excuse if you're put off teaching because of the money you've got no excuse because if you're really ambitious about the money you're able to make it on the side if you really want to and you've Mm. got lots of time there available. After a couple
1: of years to get yourself set up, you can can focus it to do it. And I I hope to do that because if I I go back teaching and I don't do something like that, I don't think I'll be satisfied.
0: Now, in my grad job, I was very lonely because I was the youngest on my floor. It was a floor of about 200 people. I was away from home as well. Mm. But 200 people there and I was the youngest by eight years. And nobody knew what the hell I was going through, and uh, no, like if I screwed something up, I couldn't turn to anyone and say, "Jesus, how was your day?" Because they were just miles ahead, you know. And I was always jealous of the accounting guys because these big accounting firms take in thirty at a time, and so they're sitting beside their mates all day. And if they screw something up, they say, "Oh man, I just screwed this." Yeah, so did I. No problems, whatever. And they talk about it. Is teaching a lonely job because you've got the staff room at lunchtime or whatever, but you have you've also got yourself in front of 30 kids all the time. And surely that's somewhat isolating as well. So does loneliness come into it or is it a collegiate sort of environment?
1: Yeah, I think you have a good grasp on it because I don't think you'd have asked if you didn't think loneliness was an aspect of the job because uh, you touched on something there which is kind of an oxymoron, standing in front of 30 kids and being lonely. Well, I'm used to it on you, stage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, 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 I would have a small bit of experience in that regard myself. Like... When you stand in front of people and you're the focal point of attention, and you are the focal point of attention, it can be lonely. Yeah. Because, you know, I know that the kids look to me every day like, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? And it can be kind of isolating. You know, you have to, yeah. You, know, so you have to just get on with it. It's the job, you know. And, 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 and you know what? It's your responsibility to get yeah. on with it. You are the focal point for a reason. You chose this. Um, I know that the staff room can be kind of isolating because... I know that, from my experience, I think teachers aren't that keen to talk about difficulties they're having in front of other teachers for competitive reasons. Okay. Like, they don't want to come across like they're not coping with little Timmy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, when the teacher last year might have had a great year with little Timmy. Yeah, yeah. You know, or another teacher a great rapport with little Timmy. I know that at the staff room, myself and another, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine in the school, were generally the point of the conversation because we like to use that opportunity to talk rubbish about anything other than teaching let's, what, let's have a break at? for 20 minutes yeah, yeah exactly do you know so we'll talk about I don't know something on the TV sports yeah. uh, local news like jokes whatever because I think it's important to have that mental break in the day just for that but you know I know this. When you say is it a lonely job and do you have people to talk to, I think that comes down to being an individual. Yeah. Because I know you said that when you started out, you were like, you know, you didn't have many peers no alongside one to talk you to, to talk to. But I'd say you still went about it. And you still went about finding someone. You have your brother who's in business. Yeah. You know, and maybe, like, they mightn't understand it fully, but you still probably went about it trying to talk. He was, he was the best talk.
0: one because he was in the oil market job as well. Yeah. But did this, yeah, so you're right. You definitely, it's good to find someone who has it. In that environment, in that banking and trading environment, Mm. it's not the real world. So three out of four, I'd say, conversations that we had, I'm just making that figure up, but a lot of the conversations we had were about the oil market. Mm. Like, it's not real world at all. We're talking about macroeconomics and Mm. and financial instruments all the time. Yeah, That's not the real world at all. Now, you actually sit there wondering what it was like to work in the real world with teachers and you're talking about humans and education Mm. and what happened on the news last night in the community or the country, like it's... Mm it's real world stuff and I think it's just much nicer world to work in I think you know
1: yeah I mean uh, teaching is constantly surprising everyday you'll have an interaction you didn't expect yeah um, you know uh, without going into it too much you, like all the kids are coming from different backgrounds
0: yeah different family situations different mornings so is it yeah so it probably maybe it isn't monotonous. monotony is probably the number one push factor out for people, it's what strikes grads mm. the most. It goes, Jesus, I'm doing mm. this every day for the rest of my life. Then, unless I do something about it, mm. teaching doesn't bring that same monotony. Well, if it does bring the monotony, you are in
1: power. You're in the power to change that. You have the yes, power okay. to change the, mono- the monotonous Brilliant, like, mm. line of or the direction of whatever it's perfect. Like, That's the have, opposite. The corporate You see, yeah, you have the power as the teacher. I know that last year, for example, we were doing some some history lesson that I needed to get covered and I could see the kids were a million miles away. I was coming towards the end of the year. Yeah. We'd done a standardized testing, it was sunny outside and I just said, let's go. And <laughs> we went and we ran around the pitch for 20 minutes. We just ex- like expended that. that energy. Like yeah. we just, the kids were panting and then we went back in and then it, it, it worked for the majority of them, they were more attentive. They yeah. were, they had released some of that pent up boredom. And yeah. um, so if it gets monotonous,
0: you have the power to change that that. is what are we probably a bit over an hour into this that is the number one thing i think for people Mm. that is what these business guys want out of they want out of the monotony Mm. they want out of the lack of power in their day-to-day and Mm. lack of control over the circumstances under which they're working and the conditions as well Mm. and lack of control over the program that they're (laughs) working to that is the biggest thing I think we're teaching. You control the three of those, and that is enormous for yeah, your absolutely. feeling of empowerment every yeah. day, and your satisfaction in your job, and, and how think... you invest. Like we talked about, going home spent, you will go home spent if you desi- if you decide and design how you're going to spend your energy during the day. You know, mm. you're gonna you're gonna design it and, and decide upon it mm. in a way that will get the most out of you. The most, uh, in a way that you're going to enjoy it the most, and, the most and that way you're going to be the best at what you're doing, and you're going to get a much more, you're going to get much more out of it as well. Mm. I think that's a huge point to touch on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know as well. It's, it's just something you said brought something up that um, I I think it's it's rubbish to <laughs> to deny that teachers are people who like to be the centre of attention.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Do you know, you like that's also like if you like to be the centre of attention. That will speak to you. Yeah, like, teaching will speak to, to to your your want for that. You know? If you're
0: like me, you've got shit jokes. The kids have to laugh at your jokes. Yeah, so because
1: we... I'll be honest with you, it's great. Like you can teach them the terrible jokes, and they might think they're the best jokes. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: yeah, you must be in heaven. I am in heaven. They love
1: my puns. <laughs> they love my puns. Yeah. I know. I know it's all going downhill when
0: one of them just looks at me as if to say,
1: "Jesus, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're hopeless." Yeah. Well, the, the last thing I'd say about teaching for me, and I'd be interested in, in, your, in your quick opinion on it as well, is like, I might have given you the spiel on this, but my whole kind of uh, ideology for life is contribution. I think no matter what you do for yourself, you won't get as much out of that as you will if you contribute to a wider cause. And I think, like, just, I would say, contribute to a community. And a community can be any size. It can be your family, your uh, your local community, your county, your country, you know, the, the, the science world, the business world, the education world, whatever. And I just think that you are contributing every single day to 30 kids and their parents and those who come into contact with those kids because you are contributing to them academically, you're, you're developing their brains and yeah. their, their academic kind of capabilities, but you're also teaching them to be humans and be good citizens and be good members of a community, etc. And I just think that that would be so rewarding and so rewarding on such a different level that people in the business world don't even have access or understanding of. That level, I mean, it's just so different to anything someone in a corporate role would even it's a visual would, would impact grasp. you can see the impact in front of you yes you go in yeah. in september you start with a class, a guy mm. can't read or whatever mm. and by the end of the year he can mm. and that is visual impact a massive impact on the life of someone
1: yeah well i'll tell you one quick quick anecdote that's i you know maybe i'm blowing my own trumpet here but it's something that came wouldn't to my like mind you. just today wouldn't be like me. came to my mind just today and I, I know that I don't appreciate the impact I as a teacher have on kids. I, I don't. I forget it yeah. until I'm reminded That's that I do have an impact on them. And one thing uh, um, somebody asked me today, I was talking to somebody about their difficulty they had reading in school. And I just remember thinking, I had a girl I taught last year who was an incredibly hard worker, uh, very eager to please, really a a great a great girl. She really was such a hard hard worker. She didn't read much because she didn't really think she was very good at reading. Now she was a very good reader. She was maybe a slow reader, right. but a good reader nonetheless. Her comprehension and her fluency were, you know, about average, you know, but improving, which is all you can ask for. But she didn't really read at home. She didn't really find it fun. She was one of those people who wanted to be outdoors playing yeah. footballs, whatever. And I read, I read Harry Potter to the class. And I went for it, I was doing all the voices, Hagrid, nice. Dobby, the crack, like, you know, for the first 10 minutes, you're, mor- you're mortifyingly embarrassed about the whole thing, <laughs> the kids are in stitches laughing at you, but the next day when you don't do the voice, they're like, why aren't you doing the voice? Yeah. You know, They love it. Just like I love listening to it myself, and I love when the voices are yeah. done by, by the narrator. That's brilliant. But this girl didn't really like reading, wasn't too enthused about the idea, and then came to me in December and showed me her Christmas list for Santa. And at the top was the series of the Harry Potter books. No way. So she could read them again at home. And I just remember in that moment I said, well, you know what? An impact, no matter the size, an impact is an impact. And I made an impact on that child's life. She enjoyed me reading the story so much and she enjoyed the, the way I went about it that now she wants to read at home. And yeah. like, I remember just going, oh, that's great. I, I made a difference to that child. If I made no other difference in the year, I did make that difference. Yeah. And like... It is rewarding in that regard and it's important. This is why I blow my own trumpet in this in this regard. It is important to recognize the impact you make and reward yourself emotionally for the impact you've made. They might not have improved like from 80% to 85% in their maths, but maybe they love reading now. Yeah. You know, maybe they took up a musical instrument outside of school. It's important to recognize that you did make an impact, whatever that impact is. Yeah. And I always make a point of recognizing the impact that my colleagues make. Yeah. A good friend of mine, she's an amazing infant teacher. And like she might teach them something as simple as tying their lace. Yeah. Their parents couldn't do it at home because they just didn't want it, but I'm like,
0: Hands and you taught that child
1: to tie their lace. Yeah, like maybe it's a poor example, but no,
0: it's a a very good uh, good point. I think it applies to everyone, certainly to teachers, but to everyone who I mean, I know in the business world, I know a a corporate lawyer, and she would always focus. She'd come home from work and she'd say, "God, I, uh, I really screwed something up today," and it would be the one mistake she focuses on rather than the nine things Mm. she did very well mm. you know it's human nature and it's human nature yeah and, and I, I do, do it, it myself that's yeah. why i made that point same yeah. i'm, I'm I, I do it a lot and mm. i just think it's something we're we over be aware of. yeah
1: you know because mistakes are part of life you can't learn anything without making a mistake yeah
0: you know <laughs> like yeah. so yeah yeah very good last night at dinner our dutch friend said uh he's confused about his career and he was saying and i said is it a professional confusion or a personal confusion he said it's more personal hmm. do you think uh like what do you think about that how do you think the two kind of coincide because well, as he elaborated then it, it was clearly a there was clearly a lot of overlap between the personal and the pro- professional And we ended up talking mm. about sort of contribution and, and, and what you want your life to be about and that sort of thing right. where would you chime in on that um, well i think that
1: you know it's probably unrealistic to not have your personal and professional life marry somewhere uh, you know people say if you do something you love you'll never work a day in your life I'm not sure how much I believe in that because I think hard work is hard work yeah. but again if it's something you believe in and something you're passionate about your professional life will stimulate your personal life Yeah. your personal life will stimulate your professional life and that type of stimulation is unparalleled motivation wise like I want to do something in my personal life like I'm travelling now and I, wa- I want to take pictures of the Atacama so I can go back and I can show the kids this yeah. and maybe instill in them that wanderlust Yeah. so that's personal stimulation stimulating my professional life um, I think that for our Dutch friend I know that he's kind of disillusioned with what he was doing he realised and again that's why I say if you're thinking about teaching you got you got to do it you can never know whether you're going to do when you're going to like something or not unless you try it he tried the engineering he didn't like it yeah so right now, he's at a place similar to me where he's like, what, what can I do in my profession to stimulate my personal life? So yes, I think they marry. Yeah. I think they, they have to marry. Um, and <laughs> great, great that he's real anti-engineering,
0: you know? You, the, er, yeah, eradicating that's experience. is experience, it's yeah. true
1: experience. And like saying you don't want to do, just like what you're saying, saying you don't want to do something is making a decision, yeah, just like sure. saying you
0: do want to do it's something. It's progress, it's progress. Okay, before we wrap up, a couple of things. Uh, book you'd recommend for these guys? You mentioned a, a very human book the other day.
1: Yeah, this book doesn't really have much to do with teaching. It does <laughs> touch on it does it touch think? on somebody's uh, teaching experience, but it's uh, called "Do No Harm: Stories of um, a Life in Brain Surgery." It's by Henry Marsh. It's um, it's an incredible book. I'm listening to it, and I would recommend either read it or listen to it. it. It it had this it would have the same impact on me. It depends what type of learner you are, but it's about this brain surgeon who speaks about a thirty year career in brain surgery. And how he went from that stigma of arrogant surgeon at the start of his life to having 30 years' experience, having changed how he views the human condition, how the brain, how he's held a brain in his hand, like a slab of meat to a surgeon. And how he's used a scalpel to cut through part of the brain. And he's wondered in that moment, I'm using a scalpel to cut through a part of this brain that could be responsible for conscious thought, decision-making, speech, movement, and it's just a piece of meat. Yeah. So I know that, like, some of the stories he tells about the patients he's had, and the way he's viewed the human life, having held a brain in his hand, is just—it's astounding. Yeah. It's astounding. It's—it's it's honestly made me turn. I listened to it with Donica, who's a doctor, and he found it like just so really, applicable yeah. because he's been an intern, he's done the seventy-two hour shifts. Yeah. And it's just made me turn to him with my mouth open,
0: like, what? like yeah. no way and I, I I, was saying you talking about it reminded me of uh, When Breath Becomes Air which yeah. is another surgery yeah, book I mean, I'm again, really looking forward to so human and these guys are dealing with people at the at the emotional pinnacle of their lives That's I mean true. Yeah. when they've got a brain tumour whatever it is yeah. it's, just, it's, it's so intensely human yeah. it's incredible to read and, and to experience yeah so, absolutely yeah I'd recommend the, the genre for sure any resource on people who want to know more about being a teacher or uh, inspiration for being a teacher other than that awesome Robin Williams movie what's it called uh, Dead, Poets Dead Poets Society Dead Poets Society it's brilliant um, but if there, you know if there's not a resource there's not a resource but um, it, just um, in case there is one that a movie or anything like that, that that people get an insight into the realistic life I don't know to be honest like you know a
1: teacher is first and foremost a communicator so Anything that involves learning to communicate with people and especially kids, you yeah. know, kids can bring so much fun. So if you enjoy working with kids, the reality is you'll probably enjoy teaching them. Yeah. As much as they drive me around the bend, I love them like. You yeah. know, they're great. They, they 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 feed my energy and you know that I'm a pretty energetic person. Yeah. So I think that you know, there's probably no movie or no book that'll tell you you want to be a teacher. That'll only come from your experiences dealing with kids. What's the worst part about being a teacher? Little Timmy. The worst part about being a teacher is um, the reality that you have 30 parents, 30 pairs of parents uh, who only have one kid in your class, and you have 30 kids in your class, and you're doing your best to accommodate everybody, and they don't care about the other 29 know, people, yeah, they I care about
0: yeah.
1: Um Parents with unrealistic expectations. Um, and then, you know, like, I'm a firm believer because I... I grow to appreciate my parents more and more every day with the way they raised myself and my two sisters i'm a firm believer that you know it's like you have you have to raise your kids the right way yeah and you as parents have such a responsibility to instill in them the right attitude the right the right character traits you need you need to let them be who they are but you have to guide them they're kids they need to be guided yeah so sort of nasty misbehavior it really gets to me yeah, it really okay. gets to me when it comes from a nasty place and the parents aren't aren't on board with trying to sort it out yeah. for me that's the worst part but you know what you can get around it you can get around it and you just you, if you can't get
0: around it you just talk to somebody about it and sure <clears throat> what about when you get up in the morning before a day of work what do you hope will happen what's the what's the ideal outcome i just want to have fun personally have fun yeah
1: i'll be honest with you i want to have fun because i know that when i have fun the kids will have fun yeah sure um so i just i want to go to work and i want to have fun and um, maybe you want to get through to one kid maybe you want to do like your usual day and maybe all the kids will like maybe progress a little bit but maybe that'll be the one day that that one kid yeah gets long me. division okay like, in that moment maybe it'll happen um, for sure but I just love having fun with them yeah. I love having fun with them it's probably why I'm a primary school teacher and not a secondary school teacher and not a college lecturer okay. I, th- I think teaching across the board in different professions is noble and it's yeah. Im- vitally important but I know it speaks to my personality that I can go and just have a bit of a laugh with them Yeah, and if they go home smiling from school I'm happy I sound like an old person but I'm happy if oh. they're going home smiling from school and because I know I'll, I'll cover the academics and we'll, we'll work hard but if they leave happy you know it just it
0: I think it helps the parents, too. I think it's one of the most noble professions. and I'm delighted to hear that it is good fun as well. And lastly, uh, any quote that has ever inspired you or keeps you going or that, that, that rings true in your head? So I, I think I've told you, but my favourite one is, open your eyes and see all you can with them. For one day, they'll close forever.
1: Mm. Any like that? I, I'll be honest with you, that quote you translated for me from
0: the streets of Valparaiso Oh, yeah, the other day. I saw that on the street art. Right? What was it? It was... Um, Life or no, the world is a book and those who don't travel only read one page. Yeah. That and was it just
1: it. like for me right now it's so applicable to what we're doing because yeah. we're traveling, but I think it's so it's so accurate, like you know, it's um for me it's 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 huge. And then something that stuck with me that we almost had a we almost had a, a joke about this in um in college. We almost like myself, and my friends, we put it in as a quote in every every bloody essay we wrote. And it was that parents are the primary educators of the child. Huh. And after a while, it became a joke. It was like, how many times did you get that in? Yeah. I got it in a couple of times. But it's the reality. I'll work as hard as I can with your kids during the day, but you have to meet me. You're a fucking kid. You have to go 70% and let me do the rest. Yeah. Like, you have the ultimate control over the, <laughs> how your child turns
0: out while giving them a chance to grow themselves. So yeah. that's a quote I, I quite like. It reminds me of um, a Charles Bukowski quote which is probably dealing more with the older child like Mm. maybe a young maybe even our age or a bit younger um there is nothing more damaging to the spirit of a child than the parent who wants the best for them and it's to do with careers and all you should just you know marry that girl and be a
1: doctor Mm. and don't think about it again guidance comes in many forms like you just have to you have to be there for your child but you have to you also have to guide them through let them run free as yeah, well yeah let them run free but you know
0: like they, like letting them run free with the right guidance is the perfect balance yeah so there you go that's uh, that's the quote the world is a book and those who don't travel read only one page yeah king Gleason thank you very much you're absolute very welcome absolute pleasure you're good man.